So, first of all, a letter, really good one, from Andreas Pedersen. Andreas. Do I say that right, Andreas? Because I know, I know that you've called in before. But he asked, what is the carbon footprint of the Starlink uh, satellites? So, that is a really interesting question. And Elon's actually talked about this before. He's talked about it is a bit of a paradox that, you know, he's trying to accelerate renewable energy while at the same time there's not enough energy density in things like renewable batteries to put uh, these things into orbit. So um, I see Tesla creating cars and doing renewable energy as a carbon offset for his business. But I actually found somebody on Quora that has answered this question and it has sort of been peer-reviewed by a couple of thousand people and most people basically agree with uh, this gentleman's answer. He is a bit of a space freak who answered this. I think it's Jeffrey Nock is the person. But anyway, he says, and here's it in summary, the Falcon 9 first stage carries about 120,000 kilograms of RP-1 fuel, which is basically kerosene. He then goes through the structure of kerosene and how many uh, sort of carbon molecules are on there and says this is for the first stage because the second stage is out in space and so that's going into the space and we're not worried about global warming in the space. There'll be global spacey warming. Um, so we just think about the first stage. And so after you do the math and you burn that kerosene and you combine it with oxygen, you get about 330,000 kilograms of carbon dioxide. And what does that actually mean? That is about the same as a diesel car driving for about a million miles or about the equivalent of uh, 60 to 70 um, diesel cars driving for about a year. It's also the equivalent of about planting 22.7 acres of corn. So it's a lot, but it's not overwhelming. It's a lot, but it's not overwhelming. Now, they're going to be doing a lot of these, so it's a lot of cars, but the rate of production of cars, electric cars, fully renewable electric cars, and all of their solar that they're going to get cranking up is going to way more than offset even sort of firing up these rockets every couple of weeks. And this should be even better when you do Starship because it can take so much more up there and it's so much more efficient that the carbon footprint of those satellites will drop even further. And then they noted that if you look at it on a per mile basis, these satellites will do hundreds of millions of miles. So they get good miles per gallon. So although it's a lot... And it's something to be aware of. I think he is carbon offsetting significantly more than that. It would be nice if they actually on the website and out loud said, look, we understand that burning this kerosene is not exactly uh, great for the planet, but here's how we offset it. And they could use like Tesla as an example, or they could be rebuilding rainforests or something. So really excellent question. And thank you to the people of Cora for giving us what I hope is a pretty accurate answer about one Falcon 9 is about a million miles of driving a diesel or something around 60 to 70 uh, diesel cars for a year. And I got another email said I misspoke and I said FDA instead of FCC. It's the FCC that will decide how many more spaceships, uh, satellites that uh, Tesla can put up. 
And of course, I failed to talk about the other controversy. So one controversy is that people are really worried about space junk. There's going to be so many satellites up there and one little hiccup and the smashy smash and then the cascade of effects. Very bad, right? But obviously, the other big thing that everybody's talking about is the fact that these are way brighter than anybody suspected, even the astronomers and stuff that they had consulting. They're about twice as bright as they thought. And so uh, this is really affecting the ability to see distant objects when you've got a Starlink satellite coming by putting a big streak across your film, as it were. And so they're really trying to work with astronomers to fix this. They've put up one black-coated satellite, but it's not a slam dunk. You'd think, like, just paint it black, right? What well, turns out when you do that, that it's going to absorb a lot more energy, a lot more heat, and it might really affect the ability of the satellite to work. So that may not be the solution. We have not heard yet whether that satellite is working and what testing is going on there, but we hope for everybody's sake that it still works, those satellites still work, and then they could put up a ton of these and paint them black and not get this reflective streaking, which is affecting the astronomer's ability to uh, look up in the sky. You know, it's sometimes very impressive when they first deploy these. It's like a deck of cards that's being opened up, and some of the pictures are stunning, but not stunning if you're trying to look past that flashy light to look at uh, Venus or uh, the beginning of the universe or whatever it is you're looking at. So hopefully they can solve that problem. Because we want to solve all these problems. We want to have fast internet throughout the entire planet that's not too expensive for lots of people in rural or remote areas, but not screw up our ability to look into the sky. Because you know what? We like looking up into the sky. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, for this Elon today because it's today and it's Elon. There is a report, and I've seen this, you know, this has been coming for a while, but this is in the blog called Tasmanian. Not Tasmanian, but Tasmanian. And it's a report that says the Tesla Gigafactory 3, or Gigafactory Shanghai, I should say, is going to um, get batteries from this Chinese manufacturer called CATL with no cobalt. Now, Tesla's been talking about getting to know cobalt for a while, and apparently what they use is this lithium iron phosphate and lithium nickel manganese sort of batteries, but without cobalt. Now, this is a big deal, right, because cobalt is expensive, and cobalt comes from, a lot of it comes from the Congo, where the practices is to send little kids down there to mine it, which is a whole problem, and we've talked about this uh, before, that if you actually ask the parents of these kids getting shoved down there, they're going to say, you know, we don't want you to stop this because it's the only way we can eat. So it's very complicated, but it doesn't look good when you've got small children dying down small mines so that you can drive your expensive Tesla around. Thank you very much. We've got to find uh, better ways to help these uh, people get some income. So getting rid of cobalt is what we've been trying to do. And it turns out that sort of the first version of the 18650s used about 11 kilograms per vehicle of cobalt. Then they got it down in the 18650 over time to about 7 kilograms. In the 2170, you use about 4.5 kilograms of cobalt. Co it's hard to say cobalt per vehicle. And uh, if these reports are true, then we're going to be getting it down to zero, which I think overall is going to be a good thing. It's going to reduce the price and some of these uh, human rights issues will have to be dealt with as well. The battery day, it's going to be huge. It's going to be big. It's going to be large. We now expect it to be in April. And I'm sure that we're going to hear about this. We're going to hear about increased energy density. We're going to hear about a drop in the price of all of this stuff. So I'm super excited about uh, battery day. I mean, I'm really excited. I think the world is excited about just how big a deal is this. Hopefully Elon hasn't overhyped and that we're going to see some real battery advances which will soon 
come into the cars, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is Mel Herbert. The show is Elon Today, part of the talking network of shows. Oh, it's a network of shows, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I'll talk to you again uh, someday. Herbert out.